Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to The Back Brief where we talk about the veteran news of the week you might have missed. I'm Rod Rodriguez. This week at ConnectingVets.com, veterans of black goo base to appear before Congress. 19-year-old from Arkansas faces charges of trying to blow up vehicle at Pentagon parking lot, a privatized housing crisis that some say not even a tenant bill of rights can fix. A coronavirus update, VA tells Congress it is prepared for possible coronavirus outbreak in US. And Phil Briggs tells us what's coming up this weekend on CBS Eye on Veterans. This is the Back Brief for the week of February 28th, 2020. Representative Stephen F. Lynch, the subcommittee chairman and committee chairwoman Representative Carolyn B. Maloney, launched an investigation last month and requested information from both the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration about potential contamination at Karshi Khanabad, a former Soviet airbase known as K-2 in Uzbekistan, following a series of news reports by McClatchy. Kim Brooks, wife of the late Army Lieutenant Colonel Timothy Brooks, will share her personal story with lawmakers Thursday at a hearing of the House Oversight and Government Reform Subcommittee on National Security. During the hearing, lawmakers will receive testimony from service members who allege they were exposed to chemical and radiological hazards when they were deployed to the base following the September 11, 2001 attacks. My name is Elizabeth Howe, and this week I reported on a suspicious person at the Pentagon. Originally, the Pentagon released a statement that said there was a suspicious person in the parking lot. Uh, He was approached by Pentagon police and fled to Arlington National Cemetery, where he was later arrested. And it wasn't until the next day that we caught wind of court documents. Um, It was a 19-year-old male from Arkansas, and he was, in fact, attempting to blow up a vehicle in the north parking lot of the Pentagon. So it was a release from the U.S. District Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Virginia States. Richardson was trying to blow himself up and the vehicle, according to the documents. So he was arrested at Arlington National Cemetery. There was no significant disruption to operations at the Pentagon. I was at the Pentagon that day trying to kind of follow this lead and see if anything was going to come of it. And of course, the first day, the Pentagon said, nope, there were no explosives, no nothing. There was just a suspicious individual who ran to Arlington National Cemetery and was there arrested. And it wasn't until the next day that we found out that he was attempting um, some sort of explosive device. So nothing further came of it. There hasn't been any sort of communication on his motives, why this 19-year-old from Arkansas was trying to 
blow up a car in the North Pentagon parking lot. He also um, had no connection to the car that he chose. So he, he was found with a lighter and a piece of cloth fed into the gas tank of the vehicle. No further word on motivation or planning or anything outside of the immediate facts. Connecting Vets reporter Jack Murphy reports on Fort Polk faces a privatized housing crisis that some say not even a tenant bill of rights can fix. At a recent hearing, Senator Martha McSally said, quote, I see there's basically 14 companies involved in privatized military housing. Are any of them not acting like slumlords? Are any of them doing a good job? Any of them? In an attempt to rectify these and other issues, the military recently signed and published a tenant's bill of rights. That bill of rights serves as a guidance, but is not an enforceable law. Connecting Vets has learned many of the promises made by military officials may be for naught unless the leases between military installations and the commercial companies who run on-post housing are rewritten. In order to get a better understanding of the housing situation on Fort Polk, from a legal perspective, Connecting Vets obtained the ground lease between Fort Polk and Polk Communities LLC. Polk Communities LLC is a company under the umbrella of Corvius Property Management, which is responsible for on-post housing on 13 military bases. In the lease signed in 2004, it is revealed that Army officials cannot visit on-post housing for inspections or any other reason aside from military emergencies with 24-hour notice and a chaperone from Polk Communities LLC. The Army absolves Polk Communities LLC from liability for environmental hazards, while the LLC likewise absolves the Army from any pre-existing hazards. The contract turns over on-post housing to Polk Communities LLC for 50 years, with an optional extension for an additional 25 years. My name is Elizabeth Howe, and this week I reported on coronavirus updates. So it has spread outside of the epicenter in China, which of course is causing all sorts of concern. As far as military effects, it did, um, the first active duty service member was diagnosed earlier this week. So there's a 23 year old male stationed at Camp Carroll in South Korea has tested positive for coronavirus. He's the first active duty service member. We had a dependent diagnosed earlier this week, but obviously it's causing concern because now we have impacts on military operations and personnel overseas. We also had a joint operation between South Korea and America was canceled because of concerns over the virus. The South Korean military has 13 confirmed cases. In Europe, Italy is kind of facing increasing concerns. They've had 132 confirmed cases, two deaths. Aviano hosted a town hall on Monday evening so that base leadership could answer some questions. Other installations in Europe are similarly preparing. General Todd Wolters said that the number of cases in Germany is expected to increase. Stateside, we have 57 confirmed cases. All but 14 of those were evacuees from the Diamond Princess cruise ship. This was the cruise ship that was quarantined off the coast of Tokyo for a while while we figured out what to do with it. We eventually flew two chartered evacuation flights from that cruise ship to Travis Air Force Base and Lackland. Those are in California and Texas. So out of the 57 cases, all but 14 of them are from that cruise ship. Out of the other 14 cases, three of them were diplomats that the State Department evacuated from China. So far, worldwide, 80,000 cases have been diagnosed in 34 countries. At least 2,700 have died. So President Donald Trump had a press conference last night. Vice President Pence will be spearheading efforts in the U.S. moving forward. More to come, I guess. Connecting Vets Capitol Hill reporter Abby Bennett reports 
on VA tells Congress it is prepared for possible coronavirus outbreak in U.S. Top Department of Veterans Affairs leaders assured Congress Thursday VA is prepared in the event of an outbreak of coronavirus, specifically COVID-19 in the United States. House Veterans Affairs Chairman Representative Mark Takano asked VA Secretary Robert Wilkie during a budget hearing Thursday if the VA needed additional appropriations, more money, to ensure the department is able to respond, concerned that the federal government overall may be underprepared. Quote, not at this point, Wilkie told lawmakers. We are a foundational response when it comes to emergencies like this. We train for them year-round. We are testing our processes as we speak. We are checking supply lines. Wilkie also said, quote, we are set on staffing for emergency management. But if conditions take a turn for the worse, Veterans Health Administration head Dr. Richard Stone said things will change. Quote, if this develops into a pandemic in which parts of the American health system break down, we're going to have a different conversation, Stone said, adding that as of now, we see ourselves as well prepared. I'm Phil Briggs, a Navy veteran, reporter, and host of CBS Eye on Veterans. And this week, we got another really cool show for you. We're going to start off by talking about the Agent Orange of our time. Those are the toxic exposures that are now causing some life-threatening diseases in many American veterans. But they're not just problems associated with the burn pits that were in Iraq and Afghanistan combat zones. Some veterans are suffering from things they were exposed to right here in our own backyard. So we'll talk to Wounded Warrior Project's Communication Director Joe Plensler about what he and about 30 other veterans demanded when they went to Capitol Hill this week. We'll also talk about PTSD and recent medical studies that state that current methods being used to treat it at the VA are ineffective. But Casey Kelly disagrees. She's the deputy director of the Military Service Initiative at George W. Bush Presidential Center, and she says those reports don't exactly tell the whole story. And if you're a veteran that's ever thought about starting your own business, well, do we have some advice for you? We'll talk to Seda Goff. She's the director of veteran entrepreneurship for PenFed Credit Union. She'll not only explain why the PenFed Foundation is dedicated to helping military veterans start businesses, but she'll reveal how we can get access to business capital. That's right. She'll tell us how to get money to start our own business through a program called the Veteran Entrepreneur Investment Program. That's all on CBS Eye on Veterans this week, and it'll air on radio stations nationwide, but you can find it online at ConnectingVets.com. Just search the menu for the audio section and look for the CBS Eye on Veterans page. And as always, for some interesting, colorful thoughts and observations, you can follow me on Twitter at PhilBriggsVet. That's CBS Eye on Veterans for this week, and I'll talk to you soon. Don't forget to like, listen, share, and subscribe to The Back Brief so that you don't miss a minute of the news that matters to you. All of the stories featured on this episode are available at ConnectingVets.com. And while you're there, check out our other podcast, Vet Story. This March, we're launching a whole new season of real stories from real vets. Go to ConnectingVets.com and get connected today. I'm Rod Rodriguez. I'll see you at the next episode of The Back Brief. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.